I had a couple of friends visiting me uh, now and then, from especially from America. And when I bring them to the gates of Grand Bazaar, and it says 16 some number, and they go like, is this the door number? I'm like, no, this is what when they built. So they were like, wow. So everything you see as every step you take, the history just follows you. The first place that I'd experienced a mud bath and I had the most fun covering my sister in this lovely looking mud, bits and all. This is episode 36 of the Travel Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Travel Podcast where I am delighted to be joined by Janet Lacey from the Lacey's Not Just Travel. Hi Janet. And also Dr Shamil. Uh, who is the general manager of the Istanbul Convention and Visitors Bureau. Hello. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, the main areas we're going to be covering in this podcast is Istanbul, Antalya, Bodrum, Dalaman, Ephesus, Jiva Beach, Marmaris. But if you have any further recommendations for our listeners, please leave them in the comments on our social media. So we're going to start uh, this afternoon by a traditional Turkish greeting. So, merhaba. 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 Yes. And now, Janet, you have just come back from Turkey. Can you tell us what it was like getting there from the UK? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We had an amazing time. We had 10 days in Turkey with my family. Um, I've got two grown-up daughters. Well, grown-up, one's 16, one's 20, and my husband. Um, we flew with Jet2 out of Stansted and had a very, very good experience. Um, so it was really easy all the way through. We dropped our car off right outside the terminal. Um, you have to put your mask on when you get into the terminal and wear it throughout um you know check-in security all the way through to getting on the plane and then you have to keep it on on the plane um but it was really very very easy the airport was relatively quiet there was hand sanitizer everywhere everybody was wearing their masks um people were maintaining social distancing on the whole um and it was all really very easy and less stressful than normal because there were less people um Security was well run, well managed, and we stopped for a bite to eat at um, the restaurant in the in the terminal. Um, they had a form to complete for track and trace. Of course, that's now gone online, so you scan your QR code. But at the time in August, it was a form. Um, you are allowed to take your masks off to eat um, for obvious reasons, um, but there was lots of sort of plexiglass around to keep people safe and the tables were distanced from each other. Um, we got on the plane and you had to board in stages. So, it, you know, back first and then the middle and then the front. Um, I mean, on the the plane was full. Everybody wanted to go to Turkey in the summer. Um, we were sat together as a family and most people were being pretty sensible and staying in their seats and not and wearing their masks. There's always the odd idiot isn't there but you know jet two did keep announcing they were doing a really good job and saying um don't queue for the toilets um they brought around forms on the plane that you had to complete to get into turkey now we did our forms before i left home um that you can download them from the jet two website um, and probably from the turkish government website as well i'm sure um i'd completed them but they came around and gave you those um to complete 
left. And when you got to Turkey and landed, you had to drop, just drop them in a box on the way through security. Um, so it was all it was all very, very easy. When we got to, we flew to Dalaman um, and apparently we were remotely scanned for raised temperatures. I didn't, that was not intrusive because I didn't notice it at all. But apparently that system is there in the airport. Um, you then we stood in a socially distanced queue to go through security. Um, you had to drop your mask at that point for them to check that you were the person on the passport, um, and then went through to collect the luggage. So it was all very easy. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, I'd actually booked a private transfer to take us to the hotel, so we got into the taxi. Um, again, had to wear masks, but that was fine, and it all felt pretty easy and pretty safe on the whole. Um, yeah, so. Um, it worked really, really well. Brilliant. Sounds like a really fantastic destination, like you've mentioned. No quarantine either end, and it seems like a super easy uh, destination to get to. So when you got there then, Janet, and um, where did you stay? We stayed at the Jeeva Beach Resort, um, which was on Cali Beach, just around the corner from Fetier. Hope I've said that right. Um, and uh, a fantastic resort, five star, um, lovely resort. We had a swim up room, um, which was just brilliant. And I think my family are totally spoiled. So I'm not going to get away with not booking a swim up room again in the future. Um, so it meant, us, it meant we had our own little space outside of our, our bedrooms. But the resort was brilliant. Um, you know, it was a really, 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 really good, great experience. Do you have to wear your masks whilst you're in resort or? Is that just when you're moving around, say, from the pool to the restaurant areas? So in actual fact, and I don't know, things are changing all the time. So it may have changed since August. We were there at the beginning of August um, and you didn't have to wear your mask in resort. All of the staff did. They all wore their masks and there was plexiglass around the reception area when you checked in. Um, but um, and the, and the, I must tell you about the restaurants because they were managed in a slightly different way as well. But the consequence of the way that the staff were behaving and what they did in the restaurants meant that they were comfortable with residents or people who were staying there not wearing their masks. Um, at, at any point, to be honest, around the resort. When we went out of the resort and we went to the places like the local market, you did need to wear your mask. Um, but in the resort, you, you didn't at that point. They ran the, um, the, the restaurants. There was a number of restaurants there. And the buffet restaurant is obviously where you go probably once or twice a day at least. And they you can't serve yourself anymore. So they had all the staff by the buffet um, serving serving the food to you at a socially distanced approach. You gave them your plate, they put what you asked for it on it, and then they handed it back to you. And some of them, even they had um, plexiglass all around the cooking stations and they handed it back to you through a through a hole in the, in the wall, so to speak. Um, but it all felt very, very safe. People were being sensible. Um, and I guess the proof of the pudding, we didn't come back with any virus. So that was good too. Um, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So Turkey does have some of the most luxurious resorts that I've definitely ever experienced. Um, I think their five star is more six star in some places. Um, one place that we went to on the uh, millionaires retreat was Antalya um, on Lara Beach. And that was fantastic. That beach is absolutely gorgeous and again the five-star properties um we stayed and it's in very unique the ship one the titanic um so it looks incredible from the outside you get some great photos there 
Um, but would you say uh, the resorts are the best place to go, Janet? Do you think they're good value for money with for everything that you get? I, I think the resorts are excellent value for money. Um, I mean, you, yes, they. The food is is excellent. Um, they all have a la carte restaurants within them. Some of them are included. Others you might pay a small amount, but it's a very small amount. It's five or ten euros maybe. Um, and they they all have lots of facilities in there. I mean, in where we were, there were there was a, a water, some slides. There was lots of things like mini golf. Um, table tennis, snooker, and we were right on the beach. And there's, there was an amazing beach club that was part of the hotel right outside the hotel. And there you could do all sorts of activities that were really very cost effective. We hired um, these three wheel motorbike things to, to go along to the market. Um, and I think we were out for the best part of three hours and it cost us under 20 euros per bike. So, you know, amazing, amazing value. I think the exchange rate is very good and it's a good place for, for us to go. It's a little bit exotic, but it's it's also it's got the high standards that you want when you go when you go on holiday. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, something for everyone. You could definitely take a like a multi-generational family or a you know, group of you who all like to do different things. It's definitely something for everyone um in in Turkey. So moving away from the resorts a bit, so you've obviously also got Bodrum and that's got like the four hundred mile sweep of beaches. Um, um sorry, Bodrum in the south coast. And then you've also got like Marmaris, which is the beautiful marina area um, where you can get some fantastic seafood and, and again, beautiful pictures there, crystal clear waters um, and just a really nice place, like you said, for, for your whole family or for the older ones or the younger ones. Everyone, there's something for everyone. So Turkey also has a bustling, vibrant city. Uh, Dr. Shamil, could you tell us more about what people can expect when they visit the capital city, Istanbul? I'd say yes. Um, first of all, I'd like to say, well, thank you for your invitation, uh, by the way. Um, it, it is uh, one thing that we can guarantee is experience unlimited. So you find your experience way through in the streets of this city, uh, which has a history of 8,500 years. So I had a couple of friends visiting me uh, now and then, from especially from America. And when I bring them to the gates of Grand Bazaar and it says 16 some number and they go like, is this the door number? I'm like, no, this is what when they built. So they're like, wow. So everything you see as uh, every step you take, the history just follows you. And uh, it, it's very, in one word, it is exotic. And when you, well, no matter what I say, I, I am from Turkey. I am Turkey. So, of course, I'm going to borrow the city up and everything. But these are the true facts from the bottom of my heart. I mean, you want to be in a different place. This is it. On the beaches of the South Coast, beautiful, beautiful weather and everything. But you're in the Mediterranean. More or less, if you go through from Spain, France, and Italy, Greece, and Turkey, it's all Mediterranean. Maybe the nature is the same or similar somehow. Uh, but 
as the price goes on, nobody could beat us in that sense. Um, and a lot of hotels, as Janet mentioned, well, Janet drew a very good picture. I want to leave now and catch the first flight to East Antalya now. <laughs> so, um, yes, it is It is beautiful. It is price competitive. And the quality of services that you receive is exceptional. All the hotels and relatively, as compared to most of European cities, almost brand new. So uh, it's very high scale and high high profile, I would say. But uh, it's a different story. I mean, when you come to Istanbul, it is very different. So as a tourist, ask yourself, what, what, what do you want to do or what do you want to see when you go to overseas as a tourist? You know, safety is number one thing. You want to be safe wherever you're going. And it has to be price competitive. So you don't want your wallet to be emptied in the first day or two. So that's another thing. And you want to be in a different place. I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, to me, um, Paris and London more or less are the same qualities of cities. But at the top of my mind, for example, Jerusalem is different. It's a place that is totally different than any other cities in the world, uh, historically and culturally and everything. So Istanbul is also similar in that way within Europe. So for a person visiting from London to Madrid or Rome to Paris, more or less things are the same. But the same person visiting Istanbul, it's a totally different story. So we're not talking about only a traveling in that sense. We're talking about something to talk about, something to tell your kids or grandkids about. You know, it, it is not a destination only thing. It is a story to tell about. So it could leave a a, a, a dot or, or, or a scar on the history of a person's uh, that can you can always uh, look back with good memories. Um, a friend of mine visiting from Brazil a couple of years ago told me even in Brazil, she said, um, when I told him that I'm going to Istanbul. The first reaction was a smile on the face. So this is something that you have uh, given by, you know, uh, by God. It's as a nation, as, as a city of uh, three great empires, uh, civilizations and everything, as a capital of three great empires, I'd say. So we do have all those things ready, plus the weather. And I'm not going to go into a hospitality. I am here and I'm expecting all of you as you visit um and you get everything for the price that you're paying and you'll be happy with it um and the sites you can see it could be for 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 business reasons it could be for historical reasons it doesn't matter but just to mention um for example we do have this uh great church in istanbul and as far as i know <clears throat> whatever vatican means to catholics for example this place here in Istanbul, we call it Patrikanesi. It is same to Orthodox Christians like you know, Bulgarian, Greeks, or Russians of that sort. So it it also has all those religious beauties in it. So um, in a nutshell, for, for the uh, thing that you said, um, the questions that you ask, I'd say yes. Uh, it's it's a nice, very good point, very good city to to visit and. I can promise you uh, that you have a good, great experience. That's brilliant. Now, Dr. Shamil, you mentioned the Grand Bazaar. Now, I think one thing that us UK tourists are sometimes a little bit dubious about is the bartering. Did you do any bartering when you were out there, Janet? Oh, yes. 
Yeah, my my husband loves to barter. Um, so and he will barter to within an inch of his life, you know, to get that last ten p off something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know, there's all there's all, there are always a variety of prices, and in Turkey, certainly you you have to ask, you know, is that your best price? And but always think about what you're prepared to pay for it, because I always think it's important to be fair to the the trader as well, you know, and. Uh, and and make you know if you're prepared to pay x for it then don't demand y you know it's um but they expect it and they like it and they you know you can have a bit of banter um so i bought three pairs of trainers i think from the market because we were going to walk up a gorge in the water and we didn't want to ruin our great our good trainers so um so uh, so we started out at i think 50 pounds for three pairs of trainers and i ended up paying 25 pounds for three pairs of trainers so that was brilliant yeah but I think it's important you have to barter and the Grand Bazaar I love I've been to Istanbul quite a few times um and and it's just it's just a fascinating place with all its different bits you know the bit that sells carpets and the bit that sells spices and the bit that sells you know all sorts of different things you just have to get lost in there and wander around and and talk to people and don't forget to have an apple tea and a, and a leg massage yeah we'll come on to food I've got a whole section on food to cover because I think Turkish food is amazing and um, but Dr Shamil do you have how do we say um what's your best price in in Turkey um there's not actually a one word to say that um you just go with the price like it tells you 10 you are like can you make it five i personally whenever i go for pricing i go by half and then meet somewhere else you know if the guy says 100 i go 50 and then we meet up somewhere in 75 for example. and that's it's very hard to find those prices you know Sometimes you know the price of something i mean you're buying a newspaper or bread it's there you know the price you can't do anything about it but the price that you bargain for usually are the goods that that nobody could tell the price exactly what it is. So <clears throat> you have to be very careful. Uh, but it's it's a great experience. I mean, you know, it's a great way of socializing in that sense. You know, <laughs> it's a, yeah, meeting but, local uh, people. Uh, uh, maybe you can say, "Anson kacholdur." Yeah, what what is your re- uh, bottom price? What is your least price that you can offer me? Ensal kacha olur. Ensal kacha aru. Yes. I will practice. <laughs> no, I think you're right, Janet. That Grand Bazaar, I remember. So I went for the first time when I was 10. It was my first trip out of Europe, um, sort of mainland Europe as such. Um, and when I came back to school, I told all my friends that I had been to the set of Aladdin. And um, because that's what it felt like to me with all the carpets and, and you know, the ornate goods and little trinkets of gold it's just you like you said it's just incredible place but uh dr jamil do you have any like hidden gems or things that people might not usually go and visit in istanbul that you would recommend them to go and see i'd say you know there are certain places that you know landmarks like i sofia the blue mosque and maiden tower uh, the palaces and everything. Uh, those are the landmarks. You, you, like in, in, in one case, you can clean them up in like 10 of them. You can visit in like three days easily. Uh, and you can just go around, you know, uh, just regular landmarks, main ones that you can visit. But other than that, uh, there is a place called Balat, which is historical and colorful neighborhood. 
when you walk in, you see like uh, these umbrellas between the uh, buildings uh, that you just watch it as 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 a um, very, I'd say, artistic touch in it, and beautiful houses along the way, colored in very bright colors. The streets are very uh, narrow shaped and paved, um, and also. As you go and uh, visit those places, you can also have um, street tastes, you know, like street mussels or uh, uh, bagels of, of some sort. And uh, it's a great, you know, uh, desserts, for example, we call it like halka, round-shaped desserts. Um, those are very nice, too, as you visit. And um, <clears throat> there's a water crescent which used to carry the water to the city of Istanbul. It's deep, and it's in the movies also. You know, some of the Hollywood movies that you, you see, uh, they take some parts from that uh, crescent also. Kistern, actually. Basilia, Basilica Kistern. And, um, of course, uh, famous Turkish bath. I don't know if you had a chance to visit. We call it Hamam. Uh, it's in the old town area also. Very good places that you can just go and relax. It's the... Um, equivalent of like a sauna of Finland, you know, that, that kind of uh, thing. And um, I don't know if you heard of uh, like street cats of Istanbul. It's very famous too. You know, like in Europe, you don't see a lot of cats on the street, but we do have in Istanbul and it became uh, a symbol, I would say, of the city. You know, people feed him and everything and you go sit somewhere and then they come and, you know, around your legs, they walk around and everything. You just, and they let them to, you know, touch them and love them in the Sepadam, maybe. And uh, a lot of, to us, it's very regular and normal, but as as a tourist, as a foreigner's visit, uh, they, they, they just love it. You know? I was in the same mood when I was visiting America and see all those squirrels running on the streets, you know, like you never see them here. So <laughs> it's the same reaction from the tourists. And I also would suggest the Princess Islands. You know, there are like a couple of islands right across the, uh, uh, from the city. I'd say it takes about half an hour or 45 minutes by boat to get there. And they're very, very close to each other. And there's some historical facts in there. You know, um, up until now, I asked my uh, friends in Turkey and they still don't know. For example, uh, Leon Trotsky of uh, 1917 revolution of Soviet Union, Russia. He was the um, builder, I would say, with founder of Red Army. So if it wasn't for Stalin, he could have been the Stalin of the same era uh, until he was sent to exile to Istanbul, and he stayed there for four years. Everybody knows about the Mexico part, but nobody knows about that. He actually spent four years in one of those islands for you. And yeah, but that, that kind of, you know, historical uh, issues is also in there. And his, his, his house is still there, just as is. Um, and there's a great orphanage house, huge one. And as far as my, to my knowledge, it is the largest wooden building in the world. Uh, it's still in there. And uh, you can also go to beach in there. And, and it's closer to traffic, by the way. There's no cars, uh, no only electrical uh, wagons that carries you around. Um, and um, I also um, would follow some uh, event 
uh, calendar if I were you. For example, uh, not far from now, I think it's mid-November, Formula One races will take place in Scarborough after a while. Um, and there's also like a cycling thing going on, just like not as big as in uh, Tour de France, of course, but uh, it's in a smaller size. Uh, power boat races also along the Bosphorus. And uh, just the feeling of, you know, you can meet your loved one uh, in the middle of the bridge connecting the two continents. You know, that's that's something exceptional, <laughs> you know. Or you can have uh, go to movies on the Asian side and come back and have some couple of drinks on the European side just by 10 to 15 minutes boat tour, which I take every day. I live on the Asian side. I work on the European side. So to me, it's something ordinary, but to a lot of people who've never been in the city, it's, it's something very exceptional. So, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely follow the calendar for some festivals of some sort to, to visit. So that way, you can have a, a, a blast of the time. Summertime, we're having, uh, as, you, as Janet mentioned, uh, Turkish Airlines uh, is, the uh, I'd say, they're flying over 30, 330, more than 330 cities around the globe, and they have direct flights. I mean, imagine we have direct flights to Buenos Aires, Rio de Janeiro, of all the places. If Turkish Airlines is not flying somewhere as a direct flight, that means there's no plane built yet to fly that distance. For example, Melbourne. I know they're not flying there because there's not a plane that could fly that far. So um, from a lot of places, you can fly directly. And we do have, unfortunately, this this uh, pandemic, they couldn't open it, but there was they were supposed to open uh, April of last pandemic time. Uh, the, the great Galata port, which is the port for the ferries, you know, that kind of uh, love boat kind of things. They come and they have a, a place to park. Uh, three or four of them can, can park at the same time. So it's, it's a brand new, uh, very huge place. Uh, that you can come by boat, by sea and land to city right from that point. So yes, I would definitely go by the calendar and find out what your uh, interests are in that sense, and then pick the time for it and then come to visit. And city is almost, I'd say compared to Europe, uh, nine months, almost having summer and, and, and fall together. Only in December, January and February, I'd say it's cold, uh, but never goes down to below zero. You know, it's cold meaning like between 10 and 15 as Celsius. Um, so yeah, I'd say those are the best times to visit and the best places to visit also. Now you definitely got some lovely weather there, uh, Dr. Jamil. And um, you mentioned all that sort of historical sites. And um, so like you said, Turkey is also rich in ancient history and has some areas of religious significance as well. So there's lots of different types of trips that you can do. Um, when I was staying in Marmaris, we did a day trip to Ephesus. Um, now I remember you had to get up super early is sort of um, a three and a half hour coach coach ride there um but it, but it was fine it was so worth it um so Ephesus is in a UNESCO world heritage site um and we got to view within that the house of the virgin mary uh, the first church of saint john and the temple of artemis and i think the area as well even if you're not religious um 
but you could go just for sort of the historical reasons of of sort of um, investigating more about the country. Um, but also it was really good place for sort of reflection. And you got a bit of a sense of sort of USA when, when you were there. It's got a real peaceful, reflective kind of um, part about it. And like you said, this these places are hundreds and hundreds of years old. Uh, yeah, it's not a door number. <laughs> that was funny when you saying about your American friends. Um, but no, I would definitely recommend that. So yes, it is it. I would say a day trip from from your resorts, but it's a fantastic place to to go and experience. Um, now let's move on to food because it's always my favourite subject, and Turkey has got some glorious food delicacies on offer. Um, Janet, you mentioned apple tea earlier. Would you like to talk a bit more about what apple tea is? Um, well, it's it's tea, but not in the way that we have it in the UK. So it's not with milk and such like. It's the, these little glasses that come on a sort of round, they're glass and they come on a round glass saucer. And um, it, 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 it's a, a tea that's, um, I mean, it, it, it tastes nice. You, have, you can have sugar in it. And and it is offered to you everywhere. So when we went to the market at Fetier, we were looking at the Turkish Delight, which, of course, you have to bring back. And if you sit there and think you don't like Turkish Delight, go to Turkey and try it, because the Turkish Delight that you get in Turkey is not the stuff that you get wrapped in chocolate in the sweet shop in the UK. Um, it's, you know, it's it's delicious and it's amazing. And it comes in all sorts of different flavors with pistachios and things in it. But even at the Turkish Delight stall in the market, we were being offered Turkish tea because it's it's a kind of it's a part of their part of the culture. It's a part of um, sitting down and chatting to people and getting to know people and and um, it's just ubiquitous within within everywhere. You know, when you go around the Grand Bazaar, they will try to get you into their stall to have a glass of apple tea. Um, you know, it's it's part of the whole the whole experience, really. I guess. I definitely I love apple tea. I've still got some in the back of my thing from two years ago I might get some of that out later and um, now coffee so I have learned that um, breakfast the word for breakfast in Turkish means before coffee is that right Dr Shamil um hold on I think I'm okay yeah um yes it's kahvaltı before breakfast that's right that's great yeah. you know that. <laughs> well see i've got some little facts up my sleeve um but yeah so it's obviously coffee is very important in turkey Dr. Is, Shimad, you... i'm sorry go ahead no you you go it is very important yeah but we well maybe the generation before me they used to drink a lot more but the coffee turkish coffee we're talking about it's not something that you know like the americans or the british or europeans uh the way they love coffee and the way they drink i always say if you want to invade america just cut the coffee supply everybody would be paralyzed <laughs> you know they, they just need the caffeine i guess but as for us whatever coffee means to americans or, or british that's what tea to us in breakfast like there is no breakfast in turkey without a tea but coffee is more like a a, a like a kickback time you know when you want to take your time like in the afternoon like four o'clock or five o'clock around that time you just want to have a 
cup of coffee. You know, just relax and have your coffee and sip it. And it's it's heavy. It's similar to espresso, but in the way that it's served and everything. <clears throat> but it's, I, in my opinion, it's stronger than espresso. Uh, that's why maybe you don't drink all the time. But in maybe in uh, other some special occasions, like culturally, even up to today, if you want to, if I want to marry, let's say I want to marry a, a woman and then I take my parents to her house. So we're making an arrangement in that sense. And we go to her house and she makes coffee for me and my mother and my father. And she personally brings the coffee to us. And then we drink it. And my mother says, well, this coffee is very good. Meaning that we like her, you know, <laughs> it's a message secret inside and it's a very like that in that case it's always coffee nobody offers anything else but coffee so it's 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 a traditional thing in that and when you have the coffee uh, i just had one right in front of me now like this you have sauce and the coffee inside and when you drink it all you have to do is turn the bottom up to top like this now this is full so i'm not going to turn it over but you just turn it over like this, and then you wait until the bottom part gets cold. After that, you open it, and then you start telling fortune. So there's a way of fortune telling in Turkish coffee. I never do it. I don't know how to do it, but people do it, and it's very famous. You know, especially ladies would love that. You know, they, they just go visit themselves, and then they do this thing, and they start telling I had this uh, joke when I was in uh, in America. Um, I was uh, working at a restaurant, and this girl came, a Turkish girl. She said, my American friends here, and I will give you some inside information about this guy over here. He's going to be getting married in three weeks, and the wife's name is this and that. And that. You just, you know, pretend. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> The guy was losing his mind. He's like, how do you know? You know, made it up. <laughs> so that's another very cultural thing in Turkey. Um, yes, uh, tea. Uh, this is another example of it. Talking We've got about lots of drinks going on Dr. Shamil today. Yeah, this is a, a, a typical glass. And the way we drink it, we sip it, you know, like, like this. You have to mix it up with air because it's too hot if you drink it like a water then you can burn your uh tongue or mouth so as jeff mentioned yeah sugar is something that we need to cut off but usually drink coffee and the tea with sugar also uh it's it's very it's very nice and uh and the way they prepare it uh, apparently it's not it's kind of different like the tea you have two uh uh, containers. One is smaller, and the bottom one is bigger. Bottom one holds the uh, bottom one holds the water, and the top one holds the tea itself. As soon as it boils, you just pour the water up the top, and then you just wait for uh, five minutes. It's ready to serve. Fantastic! No, that's great. So we've sort of covered uh, beverages. What about? Um, I guess we should start with kebabs. Because that is an amazing part of the Turkish um, food. Do you have a favourite type, Janet? Um, I, I prefer the types of kebabs that they where they grill the meat separately. I think that's a shish kebab, isn't it? Um, rather than the doner where they carve it off the um, 
off the the large lump of meat. But um, but yeah, I mean, all kebabs are good, but it's the it's the naan bread and the salad and everything that goes with it that that enhances it, isn't it? And the way it's cooked on the barbecue, um, yeah, the ubiquitous part of Turkish life, I guess. No, brilliant, and the smells as well. They just follow you all around when you're in the bazaars and things. The smells are just incredible coming from these. Like um, you mentioned earlier, Dr. Shamil, the, the the sort of street food stands. They're fantastic as well. I remember when I went when I was 10. So I don't know why this trip has, has more in my memory than when I've been more recently. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was 10, we had a, a Turkish lava puff. And this is like a oh, norm yeah. bread that looks like it's been injected with air. So it's like a, a bit of a spaceship of naan. It's incredible. And then he came along and he got a fork and he stabbed it and it just went like a flat tire. And it was, <laughs> but it was, and it tastes incredible as well. And what about the sweet treats, Dr. Jamil? Do you have like a favorite baklava or anything? Um, bak- baklava uh, with uh, hazelnuts. Yeah, that's my favorite. Um, they, 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 well, it's got to be handmade though. I mean, one layer layer another layer very thin it takes some time you know and and, and very much um, um i'd say uh, time and attention to it so um once you pour the uh the the, the sweetness in it it takes you out of the sword that's, that's for sure um but besides those um uh, dough made products like baklava and shabiet what we call it and a lot of names for it but it's usually made of dough but there's some uh, milky uh, desserts also, which we call it uh, like a, a rice pudding, for example. And um, there's another one called kazandibi. In English, it means bottom of the pan. If you're cooking something, the best part is in the bottom. So it's always downing in the bottom. So you can just clean that part up and then serve it as, as a dessert. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's less calorie as compared to baklava, of course. But baklava is, a, is it's like a national flag of sweets, so I'd say, yeah. <laughs> I guess it takes its time, all the love that goes into it as well. That must be what you taste, what exactly. makes it taste extra good. <laughs> oh, that's and brilliant. If, yeah, something like if I, uh, I have two daughters and when, when I tell them something nice, like you, you're so sweet, and you're sweeter than a baklava. <laughs> 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 oh, you little charmer. That's that's very sweet, bless you. Um, so any any un, anything else on food? Covered food, I feel we've got a lot of uh, of the flavors out there. One um, uh, famous food is the uh, Iskander kebab, which is in English, I think it's Alexander. The name of Alexander is Iskander kebab. Uh, just Janet mentioned, uh, like a doner kebab, uh, but plus it's served in yogurt. You know, underneath there's a yogurt and bread pieces, like cubic shaped bread pieces. Over that, uh, a yogurt, and then the kebab itself, and they pour some uh, um, uh, what is it, oil in it. So tasty. <laughs> I had that at Jiva Beach. I didn't know what it was called because they didn't give it its Turkish name. But in the um, there was a snack bar there for by the pool for basically lunchtime, and I had exactly that with the yogurt and the the bread and the chicken and such like, and it was delicious, really, oh, yeah. really. Good. <laughs> I see. Now you know, Janet. 
you know how to order it. Didn't it didn't give it that name. It was called something oh. else, but the, <laughs> but the description fits. No, that's brilliant. One thing um, I wanted to just touch on was sort of the tours available um, and the different sort of activities that you can do whilst you're out there. Because I know, Janet, you had some really great experiences. I know myself, this was the first place that I'd experienced a mud bath and I had the most fun covering my sister in this lovely looking mud bits and all that's what I loved about it it wasn't sifted mud this is mud it's got bits of twigs in it and it's but um so you leave it you put it all over your body till you look like a, a mud man and then you um sort of wait till it dries and then you go in a new pool and get it all washed out and it's supposed to do amazing things to, to your skin and your body did you find that Janet? Yeah so we we went on a tour um um in Dalian um so yeah it was about I don't know about 40 minutes drive from from um Cali Beach and uh, you went on a boat up the sort of tributaries of this river and ended up at an amazing mud bath place um, where you had this massive great pool of mud um, and um, my my daughters were a bit wary at first because it, it it's a really weird sensation when you step into it it kind of feels like oh, stepping into warm disgusting stuff but actually you get quite used to it quite quickly um, and obviously you cover yourself in it and then actually what they did there is when you when you dried off you jumped into the lake into the river essentially to um to wash it off which was just amazing um and your skin did did feel beautiful afterwards and they also have there the sulfur pools so once you were completely clean you could then go in this one for ladies and there was one for mixed um so make sure you go in the right one the boat tour company do tell you which one you're allowed to go in um and we also had when we were there my daughter and I we had a fish pedicure when we were there as well because they had that going on too so um so we got rid of all that dead skin and then you carried on going down the river um to Turtle Beach and Turtle Beach has a turtle conservation centre there as well um which sadly it was closed this summer because of Covid but there's a there's a apparently an eccentric old lady there who's British and she looks after all these turtles and has them for donkey's years but we got to see turtles there um swimming in the water they love to eat crabs so we we made friends with some turtles there and it's a beautiful beach um one of the top beaches in the world apparently so um that was a really really great tour out um that I think the whole family will remember it's only one of the tours that we did but yeah absolutely amazing and did you think they were good value as well did you get a lot of your money for on the tours yeah, they were incredible value I think that one we paid under 20 uh, 20 about 20 euros per person and we were out the whole day with the coach the boat the you know you had to pay a couple of um a couple of pence to go on the beach because they can't use it to come serve the beach and to conserve the the turtle area but incredible um we did a boat trip as well and a different boat trip we went out of um Olu Dennis where the blue lagoon is um and we went out to various islands there including a place where you can jump off the boat into a, an icy cold spring they have a spring it's called cold water bay and they've got a spring that comes out into the water and the temperature in that bit of the water is 
a magnitude of difference from the next bit of water. So you jump out into this, it's like going into an iced water pool and then you can swim out into the warm water afterwards, um, which I'm sure is probably good for you as well. Um, and you get to visit there as well. We went to um, St. Nicholas's Island, which is apparently where Father Christmas lived at one point. So um yeah so he, he doesn't always live in the north pole um, but no, there were some amazing amazing value trips around that whole area and and again i would you know i would just say you know when i spoke to the guys about um doing the trips um there was a little bit of bartering went on there you got we got a few a few euros off they will happily take pounds and euros by the way on most of these things as well um, as well as the Turkish currency. Um, but great tours, definitely worth a look around. Yeah, great top tips there, Janet. That must be why you've come back only looking 12 now, all the skin, uh, skin <laughs> things you've been through. And while you're keeping your beautiful, youthful look there, Dr. Jamil, as well, have you had a mud bath? Is it something the locals do, or is it really just for tourists? Um, no, I personally do it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, at least the week, well, because of the pandemic, I can't do it anymore as often as I was used to. Uh, but you know, there isn't a month that goes by at least once I do it. And um, but you know, the, the the way they build during the ancient not ancient times, but during the Ottoman Empire. And before that, when they were building a mosque, they usually built a hammam right next to it and a, a, a school, you know, a little school for uh, for kids to stay over. Uh, the idea was uh, the cleanness represented by hammam um, and the science and knowledge by the school and a religion uh, giving yourself to God is by the mosque. So those three we're always together. Up until today, they're still together um, in the touristic areas, but moms all over the cities, you know, you can go and take your time with it anytime you'd like to go. Um, this country is very rich in terms of spring waters, you know, the waters underneath of the ground, wherever you dig up and you, it comes out. Um, and, and, and the place that uh, Janet mentioned, um, it's, it's, it's an exceptional place uh, for those places, I mean, for, to, to, for spring water and any other kind of, that kind of, health stuff, you know, the mud and everything. Brilliant. So that's fantastic. But with so much to do in Turkey, when you're looking to book your perfect trip to Turkey, what is it that our customers or um, friends and family should be looking out for when they, what do they need to consider when they're, when they're going to go to Turkey, Janet? Um, so I'd say it's important for them to figure out what's important to them. So is it the history? Is it the amazing natural sites? Is it the food? Is it not having to spend any more money when they get there, i.e. being completely all-inclusive? What about childcare? What about things for the teenagers to do? Do you want your own private space? Do you need your own private pool or a swim-up room? Um, it, it, all the sorts of things. Have you got to be by the beach? The, these are all questions I'd be talking to about anybody who's thinking about Turkey. Um, do they want to see a city? You know, do they want to, you know, or is it just by the beach that they want to be? Because if once you've figured out what you are looking for, then we can find the perfect thing to match that. Um, you know, whether it be a dual centre break, you know, with the city and the beach, or whether it be right on top of all the historical sites, or you know, what what's important to that family or that couple or whoever it is that's looking to go to Turkey. Um, and I think Turkey is one of these 
places that is um, so flexible that actually you you can find what those people are wanting in Turkey. And at the moment, you know, we know there's no quarantine, there's no issues. It's a great place to go and visit. Um, so that's that's kind of what I do with any client who came thinking about Turkey. So ask lots of questions. And there are some things that uh, I'm sure you've been there uh, around Fethiye, for example. Uh, there's some exciting things that you can do. For example, you can go to beach in the, in the morning or in the afternoon, and then you can drive about an hour and a half up for skiing in the same day. So Sakhalin can be one of them. Example. So th- this is a very exceptional experience, you know. And the same day you can do both things. Uh, yeah, the, you the can southern ski part, in Turkey. You know. I did not know that you can yeah, ski in Turkey. Doctor Shamil, this you are a wealth of knowledge. Well, on on winter time, I don't even mention from my hometown, for example, all the way east, close to uh, a Russian border. Um, the city arises, it's, it's called Erzurum, and it's above the sea level, 2,000 meters, which I believe one of the like four cities in the world uh, up to that altitude. There you can ski more than six months a month. I mean, in a year, almost more than half of the year you can ski. But this special place I'm talking about, as Janet uh, visited, um, it's very, it's called Saklikent, and it's... Mm-hmm. It can only take like hour and a half just to drive for a ski resort up there. And you can yeah, we went, very- to, um, we went to Sackley Kent as the, um, it's one of the deepest gorges in the world, isn't it? And it's, it is one of the things, it's, it was amazing. It's one of the um, places that my teenage daughter desperately wanted to go because her friend had recommended it to her. And um, and you kind of walk, when you get there, you walk through the river and then you basically walk up the gorge. Um, and um, and the further you get up the gorge, the more you have to climb. Um, yeah. uh, but, but you reach the point at which um, most people turn around. There's a, there's a beautiful waterfall that comes down that you can stand under. Um, and then if you want to go any further, you definitely need a guide and climbing ropes and all sorts of things. But it was it was an incredible experience. And, you know, I, I would re- thoroughly recommend that as an excursion. We hired a taxi, basically, who took us out there and then waited for us to bring us back. And it was, again, a very cost effective um, um, way to go. Um, and we had, yeah, we had a fantastic time. Great, great recommendation. But I didn't know you could ski near there. <laughs> You can go up there and then you can see there's a resort up there. And you can do that like almost, I think in my, well, I did, but, you know, many people maybe wouldn't want to do it. You can go to water, like to the beach in November, January in Antalya, that region. It doesn't get that cold. You know, it's usually like uh, 20-ish around like January or February for that matter. So you can go to water all year long. Uh, Skiing, winter, of course, but also during the summertime. And doing it in one day, that's something to talk about. Uh, (laughs) That's crazy. Well, I think that's all been brilliant. Do you have any personal highlights that you would like to leave us with, um, Dr. Shamil? Anything that you particularly love to go and experience within your home country that you'd like to share? Definitely. I mean, we do have... I don't know, maybe you heard of it. Uh, they, there's a place called, a uh, city called Nevshir, which is in the heart of the country. And they have all these, um, what we call Peribajalara. Um, I am sure my friends would tell me the English part of that. I forget, but I'll, I'll tell you what that is. And then you also have a balloon tours up there. You know, very early in the morning as the sun rises, you can just take the balloon with a group yourself 
and just fly up up the mountains and see a beautiful view. It's like a, a great canyon kind of thing. And that is, um, uh, besides that, as Janet covered, almost all the southern coast is not much uh, to talk about. Thank you for that. <laughs> On the eastern part, uh, one thing mentioned, yeah, it's called Kudus. Yeah, H-O-O-D-O-O. Chimney. Fairy chimney. Yep, that's what it is. Um, they have those fairy chimneys up there, natural chimneys, so to speak. Um, the place that you mentioned, Janet, I'd like to add one more thing. There is the longest hiking path uh, from all the way from Fatier to down Antalya. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like 440 kilometers, which is around 280 miles that long. You can do hiking and cycling in there too, mountain biking and hiking also. And other than that, up in the Mediterranean, I mean, Black Sea part of the region, which is the north northern part of Turkey, uh, there are also a lot of exceptional uh, touristic areas. Uh, so you can, when you're when you think of Turkey, think of as a rectangular-shaped country. So you can start from Istanbul and do go all around, and all around meaning uh, the whole thing will change. If you go to east, you'll be going to east of the world. And then you go down south, you're in Mediterranean, and come down to west, you're in Europe. So you can cover all those things. All the world in same radius, I would say. So diverse. It just sounds incredible. I've run out of room on my sheet to write all my places I've got to put in the, uh, to put them all in the show links so that you can all click on them in there and find out more. Um, but what about you, Janet? What's you? What was your personal highlight of Turkey? Um, I think seeing the turtles would have to have been a massive highlight for us. Um, we, we, um, yeah, we were due to swim with them a couple of years ago on one of the cruises that we went on, and sadly it got cancelled. Um, that particular day out. So actually being able to see them and feed them um, um, crab, they they love crab. Um, and they kind of did a little dance under the water. It was so sweet. It was obviously a man and a woman turtle and they were kind of getting a bit frisky and having a little dance under the water, which was fabulous. But one of the things there, for anybody who has an adventurous bent in them, one of the things we noticed when we went on the boat trip um, out of um, Oludenis to the Blue Lagoon and the other islands was there were people from up on the cliffs above jumping off and doing um, paragliding. And there were dozens of them, literally dozens of them. And some people we were on the boat with, they had that on their list to do next. They were doing that the next day. Um, and again, it was incredible value they were telling us. So if you've ever wanted to jump off a, a cliff and glide on the um, on the and thermal. safely. <laughs> and hopefully land safely, yeah. Um, then that's obviously a very good place to do it as well. So, but great country, so much to explore, and it's one we're we're definitely going to go back to. Hundred percent. It doesn't seem like you do need a few holidays to get all this lot covered. Um, so, like you said, it's it's the most diverse country we've spoken about in a while. I think from all the different types of people that can go there, what there is for all different types of people, groups, multi-generationals, the religious and historical aspects, the beautiful scenery and the nature and the wildlife, and of course, the incredible food. Turkey really does have it all. So it just leaves for me today to thank you so much for your time, Dr. Jamil and Janet, you two and your insights. Thank you. You have been fantastic. And how do we say goodbye in Turkish? Uh, güle güle. Allah'a <laughs>
It's kind of hard, but if you say bye, everybody would understand you. Well, okay, <laughs> we'll stick with that. That's one to learn for when we come and see you, Dr. Jamil, which we will be doing very soon, I hope. It would be my pleasure. Just let me know. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. Bye. The Travel Podcast is sponsored by Not Just Travel, where it's not just travel, it's a way of life. We hope you liked this podcast. And if you did, please tell your friends, but also take a moment to rate us on iTunes as it helps spread the word. Thanks for listening.